coffee club, coffee club. Grind your beans and grab your favorite mug. It's Ollie Morgan, George and Gus. It's them boys from coffee club. Boys from coffee club. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Coffee Club Podcast, episode 124. Coming off another big Milrose Games weekend, we have a lot to talk about. We also missed a couple of big news stories from that happened after our recording of last week's episode, such as the Moketeer, the Black Cat situation. And this week is also the week of USA's, and there's actually some other big races that happen as well. So lots to talk about this week. Before we get into it, we do just want to pay our respects to Kipton, Calvin Kipton and his coach, Gervais, I believe his name is, uh, the news came out over the weekend of their passing. And it was just, I, I speak for all of us when I say it was just really shocking to see because he's so young. Like, I feel like as a fan of the sport, it's like barely got to know him and he was already the marathon world record holder, which is just like so crazy. So everyone was just, I think, so excited to, you know, see what his career would look like in the rest of his life, really. And to have that taken away just so tragically, so sad to see. So thoughts are with his family and, um, I mean, probably all of Kenya. Was just, I imagine it's been hit very hard by that news. So, yeah, I just wanted to pay our respects to him because it's just so sad to see um, something happen to someone like that who's in many ways similar to us, chasing his dreams of running, and he's younger than us, which is just, like, yeah, crazy to see. So with that out of the way, we will get on to some more positive news which is our bean shout out and the bean shout out is so special for us because really it's just an amazing way to connect with fans and every year milrose is probably the best meet for us b was really good as well but milrose is amazing in terms of connecting with the fans and as a result we have all these beans from these lovely people that came out to watch us and support us so first off thank you very much uh, to everyone who was out there supporting us. We saw a lot of good merch out there. Saw some visors out there even, which are rare, limited edition. Uh, we'll get into it more later, though. I don't know if you would have caught this, Ollie. The the one of the guy, the guy that was holding the tape, I think, for the women's two-mile was doing it while wearing a coffee club T-shirt. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what the story is behind that. We need to... We need to find out how that happens because that was just like so cool to see we'd love to get to the bottom of it, that it just it just shocks me sometimes that we like and it shouldn't but it shocks me sometimes that we have fans because then you look around particularly when you're just observing and see the Ollie Hall shirt or you see the coffee club shirts and the visors and you're just like oh shit like it actually exists mm-hmm. <laughs> people actually wearing it yeah. um and yeah seeing it like the situation holding the tape it's like that's going to be unreal if uh they're crossing the line and it's like coffee club <laughs> yeah i was like yeah. it was just like so random yeah, we, we, we sponsored the two mile actually uh we <laughs> yeah. didn't we didn't release that publicly I mean, but we sponsored the, coffee, the, two the coffee club two mile there's not much, <laughs> not much better advertising than no. having someone holding the finish line tape like normally uh, i think you would have to pay a lot of money for that yeah so. we didn't have to pay anything it was great <laughs> so thank you for that thank you very much but yeah. we'll go through these beans maybe a little bit quicker than normal because we have about five or six of them but first off from i think it's solly who came up to me and had a nice chat after he was inspired by my Interblade crosswind. And that's Hell what, yeah. Uh, Which that's one? Gonna run, that's <laughs> what going to run in the first time. So that was very sweet to hear. He gave us beans from Buni uh, Coffee Roasters, which is in New York. And then we had a couple of beans from Onyx Roasters, which we've all enjoyed in the past. But these ones are special. They're from Will, who is... Uh, he, he's a, he's a good, fast. He's a good, fan. Club he's a good fan of ours. He's a, he's a great guy. He's 
university student becoming a teacher, just just a great guy in uh, New York. And he was writing his wrongs from, a, was it one year ago or two years ago? I'm not sure. Probably I one. think it was last year because we had it in, in your guys' new oh, house. Correct. And so he gave us, um, like last year he tried to do something a little more funky, a little out of the box. And he gave us, if you guys might have, might remember the infamous, was it whiskey barrel aged yeah. <laughs> coffee beans? Yeah. Coffee beans, which... I remember we had a, the day we had them on the pod, we had a guest and I can't remember, it might've been, it was like a girl on, was it someone on our team? I remember being a, it could have been Alicia. I feel like it might've been Alicia and (laughs) she took one sip and was like, oh, I don't know about these. But But the point is not to further roast him for that. The point is to commend him on coming back really strong, giving us these these beautiful beans uh, from Onyx. So one of my favorite roasters. Very excited to enjoy those. Thank you, Will. From Arkansas, aren't they? Yeah. Is that Onyx? But they're like... They're, they're from Arkansas, but they're like everywhere now. They're massive. They're yeah. like one of my favorite coffee roasters. They make really cool uh, cups, merch, and uh, amazing coffee. So he's done very well this time around, I believe. Yeah. Big fans. And uh, George has a few as well. I have a few, and one's not even a coffee bag. <laughs> Change. I got a coffee, coffee tin. Coffee tin. From Amanda. Compass Coffee. I think it's Chicago. No, I, I no, couldn't the other find the label on it, but... No shit, I don't know what this one is. This one. Very cool bag from Dark Matter Coffee, Unicorn Blood. This bag is sick, actually. This is from Chicago, from a crew of people, actually. Robin, Meg, Lisa, and Laura. Oh, <laughs> old lady fans. That's it. Respect. That's, that's how... Thank you very much. That's our main and demo, then, I think. That's main demographic, yeah. That's our target audience. And then... Uh, the final bag, unfortunately, I can't remember who these came from, but they look very good. Richmond, Virginia, Blanchard's Coffee. These don't smell really good. That's though. an ASMR the freebie <laughs> yeah. right there from George Beamish. If you gave us or gave yeah gave us that bag, uh, comment in the YouTube or message so we can uh, send a DM. Yeah, yeah, so we can definitely credit you and thank you so much for it. Mm-hmm. They might have been the ones dropped down to me from the stands. That there was an epic picture of that happening. But all that could have been the unicorn ones. I can't remember which, just which bag. Just too which. many great fans out there. Too hard to keep track in that yeah. post-race delirium. But well, thank you very much, everyone. Thank you very much. We are very excited to enjoy them all. And before we get into the other topics today, do have to take another little reflection, a little apology. Last week, I apologized for my mispronunciation of Wellesley. Wellesley. Well, Wellesley, yeah. Wellesley, I believe it's pronounced... And I, I mean, <laughs> look, I think it's really good that we can show you guys how little we know about <laughs> running at times. We are professional runners, but we're also just normal human beings and pretty stupid and ignorant about certain facts. And we make mistakes. And that is why we are humans. You know, humans make mistakes. And so last week, whilst correcting my pronunciation, I mentioned that Wellesley was the turnaround point <laughs> in the Boston Marathon. And I, I don't like, I mean, I, we, we, I think all of us kind of looked through the comments of the YouTube videos and I, I looked through when there was only maybe between five to 10 comments and half of them were all about, <laughs> why did Morgan say, they're just quoting me, why does he think there's a turnaround point oh, in a, so in a point-to-point race? So, so good. I apologize. Hey, you're just a guy, you know? You're just, just a guy. I'm just a guy, man. Like, like if I if I had to think about it, I'd be like, yeah, that doesn't make sense actually. But not, not to not to like 
I am going to defend you here a little bit because like it is the halfway point, right? So technically, if it was a turnaround, <laughs> if it was a turnaround and not point to point, that would be the turnaround. But it is very famous, very famously a point to point race. Yeah, it's, and it's a very famous <laughs> halfway mark that we uh, we uh, just forget, when forget when you run the Boston Marathon one day, all the people of Wellesley on your way through are just going to be like, turn around. They're going to love it because we mentioned them so much and we give them so much praise. So apologies for that second mistake. Check back in next week for see what we uh, uh, are having to apologize for marathon related. <laughs> the other small correction from last week is I believe that there was a New Zealand two mile record found. Is this true? That was the other half of the comments. That weren't bashing the uh, the Wellesley turnaround point were people coming through with the research on the New Zealand two. I had so many messages actually. Really? So a lot of oh, people man. taking deep dive into the This is this is why we love our fans. They're just they into, know into the archives and found a a number of two miles which so, were run. So, so who had the record before you? What was it? Well see I got sent a few, but then on when like they list the results or like, and they list the start list, they show the record. And on the Milrose, like entries, it said, uh, Richard, shit, someone, Richard Hamlin, Richard Taylor, Richard, someone from 1974. And that was 822 with a little H hand timed. Really? Is this and indoor specific? Or Cause that was indoor specific. Yeah. And then I think there was an 814 outdoor outdoors. It's pretty speedy. Yeah, also from like 1974. Checks out. It checks out because after that, that, like, I don't think many people were running two miles to get it yeah. all to, to the metrics. So, but now we know what it is. Yeah. That's the important we know, thing. We definitely know now what it is after this weekend. <laughs> so, yeah. We can. Uh, we, did, we got to the bottom of that, though. We got to the bottom <laughs> of that. Thank you for everyone. Fantastic. It did the research. <laughs> yeah, we do appreciate it. So, speaking of uh, two mile running and Milrose in general, perhaps the biggest news of the meet from our perspective was a finding and this has a really big impact on some of our personal plans for the coffee club podcast and our wider network of ideas especially moving into television reality tv shows and <laughs> before we talk on it more uh i will just play a little video just that we got a submission from um I mean, it is Valentine's Day. We haven't even said that. Oh, yeah. Happy Valentine's <laughs> Day, Happy Valentine's Day to everyone. And this was our uh, our Valentine's Day post. Hey. Hi. It's me. Might sound familiar. Happy Valentine's Day. I just wanted to check in. I haven't heard from you in a bit, but I know that you've been doing pretty well. I've been having weird thoughts lately. I feel like maybe you might have moved on by now. Like, maybe I missed my chance. I know you're with someone now, but it's okay because if there's something I've learned from you, it's that when something doesn't go my way, a race or a date, I can turn the page and keep moving forward. And I just wanted to wish you both the best and to a happy, healthy, and strong season. What was it you would always say? PR, standards, and big wins. Anyway, happy Valentine's Day. Love Coffee Club. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Grant Fisher. Grant, Grant Fisher. So, yeah. It's not good news. The big news is that Grant Fisher is officially not 
single, and we are really proud to be the first news outlet to report that. <laughs> I don't off the market. <laughs> He's probably trying to keep that private, actually. <laughs> so I, I mean, <laughs> it's too late now. It's too late. It's just, it's just too late, Grant. We're sorry, but you know, we had all these dreams and aspirations of setting up Grant's Girls. I've had talks with HBO. Um, Gus has been trying to organize a deal with Hulu. We had a lot going and writing on this, and um, yeah, I think it's just. Just had, the way things go. We're gonna have had to look hundreds for, of submissions. We're gonna have to look for another grant. I don't know who's out there, but it makes we'll, sense that we'll he's not another single. Grant. Like that makes sense. It does make sense. It's just uh, we we. I was excited. I mean, there we was planned a, out a lot. There was a poster there at the meet I saw, and it was fantastic, and I loved it. And uh, we might be doing him a favor, letting everyone know because I feel that's like true. people are gonna be leaving him alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there'll be less people just waving at the track. Yeah. Well, you guys, you guys saw Grant. Did you guys have a chat about it? So uh, this, this is what happened. Uh, we just happened to be pre-meet running at the same time as him, and I happened to be running with him just for a little bit. And I, I asked him. I said, "Hey, Grant." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's how I said it. Hey, Grant. So, because I, I would never pre- presume that people are in the coffee club sphere, like as other pro athletes, at least, you know, I would never assume that they know what's going on with that was. So I was just pretty, being pretty cool, pretty casual. Um, so we, like we do this little segment about you on the show. I don't know. Like, have you heard anything about it? And he's like, Oh yeah, actually I have. Do you want to know who sent it to me? And I was like, Oh no, no. Like who, who, who would have sent that to you? And I was trying to think of like maybe Bowman people. I don't know. And he's like, Oh, my girlfriend. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Oh, oh no. no. So then I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's very unfortunate. That's very unfortunate. So should we apologize to Grant's girlfriend? We should apologize yeah, to probably, Grant's girlfriend. Probably. But she's probably happy now that we're, we've shared that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he's exclusive. No, we, we, we're, we're sorry about that. We just, we got excited and um, we're very happy for you too. Um, I'm pretty sure she was like, "Who is this girl? Who's who's this girl sending in these?" Because uh, she sent him the the previous video from uh, oh, the yeah. voice memo one. The voice memo one. She's like, Who is this lady? Yeah, but don't worry, he's uh, he's all yours. I mean, I die on that hill. I think it's a great segment. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, maybe we'll check in, but we'll check in. But yeah, no, it was um, yeah, it was good to kind of. Oh, it's it's sad to put the to close up that segment but on valentine's day i think you know love wins so i'm happy that symbolic symbolic way to end it good relationship Mm. and um the final ground skills episode was on valentine's day i think that that works out well right for now for now for now now. you never know you never know but (laughs) moving on to actual (laughs) milrose uh, i don't know how we want to go through this recap another trip to new york things were pretty standard a nice pre-meet day taking the subway over to the armory took us like an hour. I don't know why. It was miserable for some reason. <laughs> Did it smell good? It smelled bad. <laughs> <laughs> New York smells bad. Kata and Britt were were joking about how much uh, just worse the New York subway is than Tokyo. <laughs> they were like joking about how disgusting the New York one was. Yeah, well, it's it's great for the <laughs> transportation part of it, but the other part of cleanliness, yeah, probably not. Tokyo subway is probably the most efficient. Yeah. You could probably eat dinner off the floor there. Yeah. <laughs> probably could. But uh we did make it eventually and the track was lovely as always. Did a little jog and then just some pre race threshold two hundred strides, etc. I think everyone was feeling pretty good, pretty excited, pretty ready to go. I feel like the main takeaway was that everyone was very happy to be off the Boston boards. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like everyone said and all us, me and Morgan. Joe, Yared, definitely. 
Alicia all said we preferred just during pre-meet the the armory track to the Boston track. Yeah, I like that's the armory. A, track. That's a hot take there. Yeah. I don't but think I the don't armory know. is. It feels <sighs> incredible. The thing with thing with the armory is though, what? How many meets does the armory host that you can actually run quick in? Probably not that many compared to Boston. Like Boston, you can they have like so many meets, so the opportunity there is a, a lot more vast. But I feel like the armory's always been a very high quality track. I don't think we've, anybody's ever complained about it being slow. Yeah, maybe maybe it's just that Boston has a little more flexibility. Like yeah. I think I think a pro team yeah uh, can go to Boston and and take control of uh, the the environment a little better. Whereas Milrose, New York, good luck. Yeah, no, that's that's controlled by World Athletics. <laughs> I think they have I think they have so many meets there and it's so, always so crazy yeah. there. So I don't think mm. you can achieve that. But yeah, I, that was that was a big takeaway for me. Whereas like I had never raced on Boston before and so in my mind it was like this just absolutely amazing, like nothing wrong with that place. And then it is really fast to run on, but then there is uh some drawbacks to that in terms of like it can feel a bit weird and it definitely has a bigger impact on your body in some ways. And so by comparison, the armory felt still really fast, but a lot smoother. Like it didn't feel like it maybe had those same um, impacts on your body. So yeah, we're all feeling good. Just, just chilling. Bobbing. Cameras were all on Yared. Yeah. Every cam- I, I <laughs> There's a lot that. of cameras on Yared. Didn't, weren't people pushing you guys out of the way so they could get better shots of Yared? <laughs> yeah. That's what I heard from the team. He I, was mic'd up. I didn't even know he was mic'd up until I saw the video yeah. come out a day later. Apparently, uh, Colin, our content creator, um, was pushing over Joe and Alicia, like p- getting people out of the way so they could get a good get like good vision of, of Yared. So um, I thought that was pretty funny, he's, to be honest. He's the star of the show. Because like, Yared's the guy that like, likes to hide in the shadows a little bit. Like in practice, like if you watch him, he just kind of just lingers around, jumps into the workout and doesn't really make much of a fuss. But you, just, just, hear, this just hearing hearing on this one, him not being able to hide, I don't know. I think it'd be quite funny to see. So. Which makes sense. I mean, it's not very often that you're attempting a big world record. So if you can make a cool video out mm. of it. Also, he's a 343 miler, you know. Yeah. How many of those it. are walking around these days? <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, he deserves everything. So yeah, it was uh, it was cool, very chill day. Um, did we do anything else that day? I, can't I was remember. just trying to think. We all had Jason was out there, so like mm. we all had Jason treatment at different times. Where so, was like, the coffee spot? Well. Where was the plug? Where was, where'd you guys go? <laughs> Dude, oh near the hotel. Oh, actually, you, uh, we you did, Morgan yeah. was on the table, so missed the taxi ride down. But uh, no, not Mario. Joe and I and Jordan Donnelly went to Jordan's favorite coffee shop in new york la cabra oh yeah yeah i've heard of it wait did we go last year no, no me because I, I also went last year with jordan. i got a bag of beans from jordan from there maybe i went with mario and jaime yeah. maybe last year i've gone two days now it's amazing i really want to go also, it's pretty far away isn't it um it's like 15 10 oh, 15 minutes that's not too uber bad. taxi less on the way up for some reason it's down in uh, what is that neighborhood not downtown not Midtown, in between somewhere. Maybe like... Down Midtown? South of Times Square, that's all I know. It might be like NoHo, I think. NoHo, I think. <laughs> NoHo for NoHo. NoHo, NoHo, SoHo, YOLO. If that's, a, if that's a neighborhood, I think it's there. Okay, perfect. Yeah, somewhere around there. It's but it's really freaking good. Also, you had some uh, some coffee club slash yeah. Discorders there out with you, which was so sick. That's awesome. Jordan was just... Jordan took them on a 16 or 17 mile run slash yeah. workout. They did 12 miles at... 
he joined in because this, yeah. this workout, I think um, we mentioned last week on the pod, was being set, formulated, set up for Saturday morning, a marathon workout. And I believe we can confirm the workout went well. Yeah. As prescribed, I think. I think we said on the pod last Go week they were trying to run 555 for 12 miles. Yeah. And I think they went 550s or something. Oh, awesome. That's awesome to hear. And then they came for a coffee. The only thing is, it's really small and it was freaking packed. Really? It was so Chock a block. Yeah, I can imagine. And it's a good coffee shop. I imagine not many and people. And they, they pulled the classic. Um, the classic, the dishwasher was broken. So, oh, they, so you had to do takeaway cups. Yeah, such oh, bullshit. fuck that shit. I hate that. That's the one thing about coffee shops that I'm starting to get annoyed with is that, like, when you go to a coffee shop, I feel like it's not like a privilege. It's a right to have a mug, like a nice mug. It's a right. You're paying four or five dollars, mm-hmm. six dollars maybe for a cup of coffee. You're paying for that experience. You're paying for that mug. I'm yeah. sorry, you're uh, not paying for the cup. Unless it's takeaway, it's one, different. One use of the mug, at yeah. least. One yeah. use. At least. If it's takeaway, it's different. You're in a rush. You've got a conference meeting. Fine. Jordan, he, li- he literally said, I've heard, he said, I've heard that one before. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Jordan, Jordan's passionate about There's that There's a too. slight culture then, difference as well because like takeaway cups don't exist. Like, what are they called? Keep cups. Keep cups, yeah. Don't exist here in America either, whereas in Australia, people would be throwing those around. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of people now just take in a cup and they, they do it themselves and they get a discount. That is a thing. A few places. Yeah. The the someone noticed though the pastries and the sourdough came out on plates. So we're wondering <laughs> how how's the, the math working here? Where were they? Wa- where were they washing those? Yeah. <laughs> that would have been pretty funny if they like really this like really nice sourdough is just on like some shitty like paper plate. What you should have yeah. done is you should have taken the plate with you. It's like oh it's a takeaway plate. Obviously you give me takeaway <laughs> cups. I, I get the it was takeaway beautiful plate. plate. I would should have just taken it. Quote by Kligard, best sourdough of his life. Really? He's yeah. made a lot of sourdough in his life it currently. really good. Damn, Klecker said that? Shit. And very good pastries. And the coffee was still good, but I was just, I was upset. That I, it was I mean, it cup. ruins my experience too, George. Like, I want to get a nice mug. I want to be able to hold the mug. Like, I, yeah. I, I feel like if I'm paying six bucks for a coffee, I should be able to have that. It's a good grace. But, you know, but it, the coffee uh, experience Sam, seemed like it went well. I'm glad Jordan Donnelly, he loves that shit. So I'm glad he was, he was there mm. enjoying it. Yeah, um, that was uh, that was premier day. Premier day, not much happening, and then race day. Well, something big happened in the coffee club world. Unfortunately, not involving the two of us, was there was a meet up nine a.m. I think in uh, Central Park, and I think it looked really successful. Tom Wang was leading the charge with a, a few others, and uh, it looks like everyone that went had a great time. I think they ran to a coffee shop, didn't they? they I know they ended at a coffee shop, and they they took it over. Apparently, it's the way to do it. And uh, it looked awesome. Unfortunately, yeah, none of us could be there because our mornings were... It was quite stressful, actually. Stressful. They were hectic. It's an early meet, which pe- so people early. forget. Like, Melrose is not a night meet anymore. It's kind of in the afternoon. Yeah, I, I miss the days where I didn't shake out because having, like, an earlier race and shaking out just makes, like, things but feel really It prolongs really the day, eh? It prolongs the it makes things feel so waiting. rushed. I just wanted to sleep in all morning, but I couldn't. I had to get up at 8 o'clock or something, to, which doesn't sound that... That's six, o'clock, that's six o'clock in yeah, Boulder. Six o'clock Boulder time to shake out, and then like we do our like get our breakfast and then shower, get ready, and then like normally after doing that, we would have a good like three hours of nothing time where you nap and you just chill out. I, I tried had ten minutes. Yeah, I tried to lie down on my bed. I was like, oh, I I, I closed my eyes for two seconds. Oh, yeah. time to get up. Time I got back. I got back from a coffee and a bagel. And I had like ten minutes to pack all my shit and leave. <laughs> So that was good, but like it's it's annoying not having that time, but also it's kind of nice in a way because then you're not just like mm. sitting there and you're stressed. And Sometimes those three hours, 
uh, the worst three hours yes. of the whole weekend. You just want them to go to get through them. So that was kind of nice. I mean, I was really nervous in the morning, which um, is kind of a nice pre-race feeling, but I was like pretty nervous. But then once I got on the bus and I started moving, I, I felt like just chill, just pretty normal. So that was all smooth. And then we get to the track, do our pre-race, Jason, et cetera, go for a nice little warm up, And then things are really chill. In our race, there was only, was there nine people or something? It's a small field, yeah. which was makes things feel really relaxed. And we know all of them very well, very intimately. We had, uh, I mean, it was a pretty amazing field just in terms of the level of talent. We had Josh Kerr, Grant, Cole, um, two of us, plus Joe, Kaita, Kieran. Am I missing anyone? Two really good pacemakers. Yeah, that sounds like the field. Oh, <laughs> and uh, the Ethiopian steeple guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can't remember his name, sorry. But... Funny thing was we got up um, to the, what's the area called? The call room area, whatever it is. And the we got to watch just the end of the women's two mile, which was a pretty electric race. When we got mm. there, Alicia was doing her thing. Yeah, Alicia was at the front throwing down with like 600 to go maybe. It was kind of good timing. Yeah, cranking it down. And then uh, and ended up being the um, Laura Muir went around her and was pushing it. Went through 3K really quick. Got her world indoor standard. And then it was pretty confusing. For, I didn't realize that the Ethiopian, I believe her name was, was it Medina, had gotten DQ'd in the beginning. Did you guys end up seeing the video of what happened? Yeah, <laughs> I did. And Real bad. This is, this is she my, ended up winning, though. This is my hot take with it. Like, I feel like if you're bringing someone that's a non-English-speaking person to the U.S., you make sure, if you're the agent or the coach, you make sure that they know what they have to do so that doesn't happen because... I think it sucks that they've probably traveled a long way away and then they're like, they have no idea what's going on once they've been DQ because they probably haven't run indoor races Would like have made before. some good money. Yeah, and that sucks. That really does suck. But it, it's, I, I have to think they'd done a waterfall start in their life. They had just come from Boston. They were not a waterfall start. It's a... It, it's a different... St- which they should just or cut. A, double, a double waterfall. Yeah. Like she a, just cut too early, but maybe she was confused or wasn't paying attention. It could be on her as well, but... I think she raced Josette in Boston. Yeah, I mean, the same girl. It's it's I not, believe, or even New Balance. I they've been on the East Coast. They've been on the East Coast for a while. Okay. At, at the end of the day, like you should know how to do those types of starts at this point in your career. But yeah, I would say hopefully the agent or it's. I mean, it's so I'm crazy, sure it's not so hectic in there. Like an official speaking English to you when it's not your first yeah, language. Yeah, I, I just think difficult. it's. Like, yeah. I mean, it just sucks because I don't think she's, like, deliberately done it, you know? Yeah. I don't think it was a deliberate of thing. Not. Of course not. So it's it sucks because she's a talented athlete and walking away with a DQ is not fun after you've had a really good... Do you out. think it actually mattered at all? I didn't actually see if, how much distance she cut off. Well, about <sighs> about five meters because if you think about it... It was the, just one bend. The, the exact distance that she cuts off is the difference between where the first people start and the second people start. Because she just goes straight in. I think it. it How it, many meters did she win by? <laughs> it's very close. It was probably close. Less but there. do you think that actually matters in the first yeah. lap? I don't think it does, to be honest. But the rules are the rules, you know. Yeah, yeah. of course you're gonna get DQ straight away for that. Like yeah. everyone watching would have just been like, "Oh, she just." Well, I mean, I checked Twitter because I was like, "What the hell?" And then literally, every like Merba, Merba membrane was all over it, just like, "Yep." That's it worked out well for Laura Muir, who was like kicking for the three k time and didn't really care about actually holding on to the finish. Mm-hmm. but then still ended up getting the win. <laughs> she ran a crazy fast time. I can't remember what it was, but she got a national record. And also Alicia broke another American record. So she's got another like, one to the books. I don't know, a handful of them. Yeah. Two handfuls probably soon. But Something like that. <laughs> it was uh, 
it was some good racing. It was some good uh, results down the field as well. And yeah, those women were just getting after it, running very fast. So that was cool to see. But then uh, that was that was um, after that one. It was like, all right, let's get on the track. Let's do our thing now. And I tried to jump on the track and do a stride, and then we got yelled at. Well, I got yelled at straight away because <laughs> there was a women's women's two hundred about to start. And they were oh yeah, three hundred, and they were using the outside lane. So Morgan was about to get flattened. This is what happened from my perspective. Out of the blocks. <laughs> this is from my perspective. They take us up to where you hop on the track, and I didn't know that there was a 300 about to happen. I couldn't see, like, I mean, I could see them if I had looked, but I didn't look. And I asked the man that was taking us, the marshal, whatever their position is, man in a suit, can I go and do a stride? And he's like, yeah, go ahead. And I hop on the track. <laughs> I start doing my stride, and then straight away, these two men also in suits hop on the track. They look like, like they're. I'm not saying they're being overly dramatic, but they look like I'm about to get killed. Yeah. Like they're they, they're like so frightened of what's about to happen. You're in headlights. Yeah, and I mean, and I mean, bad stuff happens at track meets. Like people do get in the way and stuff. So I, I do understand it. But yeah, I got yelled at. I had to get off the track, wait for the 300 to come by, and then we did some strides, and then it was time for us to go. And um, it was everyone knew how the race was going to play out because everyone knew what the pacing was, and everyone knew that at least Josh Kerr was going for it mm. trying to run essentially 60 flats for 400s when, jo- when josh calls his shot he like in history he's always delivered mm-hmm. or been close to it mm-hmm. and it, the race got out pretty well actually the first couple of like 400 meter splits were a bit slower i think then i think the slowest 400 of josh and grant's race for sure yeah like it was a bit slower than what they requested but it was just a nice smooth line two paces grant in front of josh which i think yeah it was really nice in the end for Josh Kerr to have Grant taking the pace after the paces stepped off and then your boy Morgan slotted in right behind them. I like I was like my mentality going into this one was I mean I guess it didn't really matter where you were exactly because everyone was gonna be running quick and like you would be able to move around if you could continue to run that pace because everyone was like slowing down at certain points in the race really. But I was like after having a bad start at BU I was like fuck it I'm just gonna get on it and see how long I can hold on for. And that's essentially what I did. It was pretty painful. I mean, it wasn't that painful, but it was like, it's just a, not a nice feeling being like, yeah, this is like too fast for me. And then you start slowing down a bit. Luckily, well, first Cole went around me and then luckily had George come around me and that like woke me up a little bit, tried to stick on him for a little bit. And then George made a big move on the third last lap, 600 to go, pulled away. And then I was just grinding for home. And for me, it was like, uh, I finished in 812, I think, fifth place. It was pretty Okay. It was I mean it's good performance like considering everything. Um I'm still just like similar to a couple of weeks ago. Just I feel like I'm just working my way back. It's like I, I this race again just cemented really that it's like after you've been injured for as long as I have uh in these events you don't just like bounce back like to the top. It's really you have to start again in some ways at the bottom of that mountain and work your way up and mm. that's the process that I'm going through now. So what what was the one thing that you summary. felt you uh did really well compared to Boston? Got out well. Got yeah. out well? Yeah. Just I'm just like the thing is in Boston I leave that race and I'm like like if I had started maybe if I had started better, maybe I would have gone under thirteen oh five. In this race there's no question, you know? It's like I gave it I got out well and I gave it my best and that's like my result I think reflected just where I'm at. And it's like you can't not be happy about that at the end mm-hmm. of the day. Walked away with a bit of a better Better fix on it, yeah. So I was I was happy with that. George was freaking flying at the end there. Apparently miscounting laps, which has been happening a little bit in the track world recently. But 
No, my, my takeaway is that you should do that more often because it seems to work really well. Yeah, <laughs> I've been saying that for a long time <laughs> that I should always just uh, pretend Miss that Counter? there's one lap left when there's actually two. And then I finally did it by accident. But Merba very helpfully pointed out afterwards that they actually count the laps for you, which... They do do that. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. And then, like, so. especially at the armory because maybe they have the board, but there is a guy that's holding up the literally, number. like, on his hand. He has, like, two laps left. And they and he yells it at you. He does. Two laps left. <laughs> so you don't, don't have to do that. I don't know what so. I was thinking. I definitely had a, like, a... I remember looking at the last lap counter I looked at was 10 to go. And then I was like, I should really, I need to stop looking. Like that still feels like a lot of laps. And because I'd seen, we had gone out slow. So the 800 seemed quite slow. And I was like, all right, I just need not, I just need not care about what the time. What time did you see at 800? Like 203 maybe. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. If not two of, yeah, close to 204. Mm-hmm. And I was like, either we're going to keep running this or someone's going to have to pick it up. Um, but I was just like, right, I'm just going to ignore that and look at whoever's in front of me. And then the next one I saw was one <laughs> when I thought there was zero. Really? Was, so, so you, you were, were you, were you really like actually kicking all out when you hit 200 to go? Cause if so, that's a really impressive recovery. I was pretty much, I was almost, yeah, because I, I was lucky enough that I had, I hadn't stuck on coal. Like I, I kind of have a similar, I had a similar race to Morg. I was behind, kind of went Morgan and then um, I think his name's Samuel Furu or something, Steeplechaser, who he was, he got second at pre actually. Like he's an 810 guy. He's, he's really good. And then Hawker and then me and kind of just let a few, a few gaps open up and, and kind of when like, man, I would have loved to find out if I could have run sixties for a bit longer. Um, but kind of when, when Grant and Josh pulled away and I'm four guys back, like the gap just looks, it looks so far. It was, like from, it was, it was very far. <laughs> like from me to the back of Josh, like if I was going to cover that, At certain points. it's so intimidating. Yeah. And that's just a, a hard spot to be in. And um, I just didn't have like the, I guess the balls to try and make up 20 meters. Cole, I feel like Cole is. was, he was really trying. Yeah. He and then Cole kind of got stuck it. in no man's land. Mm-hmm. Maybe did he did he go with them? No, he kind of just started. I, I let I'll take responsibility. I let a gap open up, and then I think he, he didn't. Went he, he didn't started running his own. He didn't. Race. Yeah, he didn't like go around me straight away. You know how mm. if someone's feeling good and they, they will, see the gap, they'll like respond immediately. He didn't respond immediately to because yeah. they and if you miss that up, yeah, yeah, if you miss that um that move, like it's so tough to get back on. And and it was really like right at a mile, they went through in four or three. And then Grant ran two fifty nines back to back, with yeah. with a mile to go. Tough which to is, catch up to that, which is just freaking impressive. Um, and but I had kind of Cole in my sights for a little while, like a few laps there when he was a bit ahead of me, and then I start just like thinking I could catch him. And I was, I mean, my from with three hundred to go, I split like thirteen zero. <laughs> Yeah, you were. I was like running, running fifty. Fast. I was running fifty-two second pace. You were running fast, <laughs> and, then I, and then right before, like right before, I get up on Cole's shoulder. Like this, this is Cole Hawker. Why is he running so slow? Like, he must be really tired. And then, and then I look up and I don't see Grant or Josh. Like, I don't know, celebrating, 
kissing babies, grabbing flowers. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no. And then I, like, look a bit to the left, and the guy is ringing the bell and holding up the one. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> this is going to get so hard. And by then, I was in front of Cole, but I was, like, in such shock by then that I, like, I slowed down quite a lot. My next, I went 13-0 and then, like, 14-5 or something. So I was like, I don't. I don't know if I'm gonna. I don't know if I'm gonna finish. Like maybe I should just stop, just take take the three k split and and call it good. And then so Cole comes back around me with like one fifty to go, and then and then I was like, no, I fucking I just I'll try again. And so and then I tried to get back on Cole and came got level with him in the last hundred. I managed to still have, I think, the fastest last hundred split in the race, which is which just tells me I've. I should run races a lot differently, um, but couldn't quite couldn't quite get him. So he got payback from from a couple of years ago, and yeah, a very um, quite a painful way to run the last two laps, but also quite fun. Um, just kicking ridiculously hard and way too early, and then and then slowing down and trying to go again. It's probably like good training stimulus. My legs hurt so bad that night. Probably like I believe that the most that had been hurting after race. They were just like aching. Mm-hmm. Um, well, 8.05, which was your time, right? 8.05. That's like a pretty crazy two-mile time, no matter how you run it. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that's going to that's gonna put some sting in the legs and just a really mm-hmm. impressive performance. So Thanks, Mong. Good job. Yeah. No, I was definitely, I mean, shit, that was, that was just one. You don't get many chances at, at the world champ. And, you know, everyone's like, everyone wants to beat him. And that would have been... Amazing, but when he's when he's running a world record, it's yeah, can't you can't uh, I think with Josh, argue with that. I think with Josh Kerman, it's very like, impressive. We talked about it today, and uh, when when he calls something out, when he says he's going to do something, he's usually pretty confident in his ability to to achieve it. Like he's either been training well for it or but that's the thing, he's prepared like, for it. Because like if you look at particularly in Josh's career, like when he races, he'll he'll like tell people honestly, like oh, I'm not ready, for, I'm not ready for this race, I'm not ready to like be at my best in this situation like you said that nozzler um when he ran 330 he's like that's my best opening that i've had uh in a diamond league and i was 10th like i'm still got a lot of work to do and he did and then went one world so you know when he when he makes a call like that you'll know josh is is, is well equipped for it and then when you have grant fisher who's run insane times for the 5k and even the 3k at 725 pre- last year yeah like His last you know race, that he guy ran can run a good two mile like so you, you're competing against some of the best ath- like the best athletes in the world. When you have that kind of comp, it's always fun to stick your nose in it, you know. Yeah, and there's yeah, there's not much. Yeah, when you're racing against guys that are that good and they're going for it, there's you're either like there's no you just jump in. You got to go for yeah, it just and jump in. try your best and do what you can. And uh, yeah, there's 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 no jogging around. It's just like a real test, and that's what it was. And watching back the video, I don't know if you were, were watching it live or anything, Ollie. It was very impressive. I really got to commend both Grant and Josh so hard on their performances because one, like for Grant, and he's done this a lot of times when he's when he's on, but his ability to run quick from the front was just like so impressive to see. But then watching, because Josh was only took the lead in the last 400 and then he like won quite convincingly. And watching him pull away in that last 400 was very impressive, just how like composed and strong he looked. So... That was uh, when I went back and watched it. I was like, "Holy shit, this guy's this guy's very good right now." Mm. And then, I think that's kind of that's almost the. I mean, what I kind of my a couple of takeaways afterwards was like, 
how how impressive those those two guys are and yeah like their last race is 725 and and world champ and and I feel like that's that's where I get I get caught out I think like in in the middle of the race thinking you know maybe like maybe this does feel hard because those guys that like those guys are world champ like maybe I should be I should be like getting dropped <laughs> like I think that's a that's like such an easy mistake to make and and like you got to I mean what I what I want to like work on is and and kind of bridge that gap is is almost like the mental side of it thinking that you know you that I do that I do belong there and or like I do have the fitness to you can um, never forget that it feels really hard for them as well. Yeah, it, it that's, hurts. That's it's what I was like. hurting for them. <laughs> the fact that... Kerr was talking about it in the post-race interview, how much it hurts. So like, That's also what made me think it of it. It just shows you like, the tolerance of pain they can go through. Like it's sometimes talent's there, but if you can tolerate that pain... Yeah, like Grant possible. ran hard enough that his fastest lap was like 1,200 meters out and he yeah. never got faster. That's it's how hard he's really running. It's really impressive to be able to do that. Yeah, And I, you know, meanwhile, maybe Squeezing I think it's it hard. But I also—it's part of the journey, part of the learning yeah. experience. Like, I'd just being, love to find out if I could. Yeah, well, having if those, I could run with them, having those opportunities to run against those kind of guys, and hopefully continue to do it consistently, you'll start to learn that um, yeah. everyone's hurting, everyone's going through it, but you start to learn about yourself and your body and how you're going to react to those races, and and that's how you become better and how you win. Like Josh Kerr didn't become world champion from being able to perfect that in one year like he's been pro for multiple years and he's gone through ups and downs throughout his career Whiteman's the same and even Grant's the same so if you look at the trajectory of a lot of people like I'd say Jakob is a bit unusual in some ways of how consistent he is but he's also gone through a lot of adversity too and um, it's pretty cool to see that journey because I think for you George and, and Morgan getting back into it you guys are starting to get exposed to that and the more exposure you're going to have the the crazier your um so you can expectations really do, yeah. should be yeah just put yourself in and keep going for it and keep trying to have those takeaways the Definitely. one i'm i'm not trying to make this uh this worse in terms of glorifying these other athletes too much but after seeing that performance it is absolutely mind-blowing that yucca runs seven seconds faster or six seconds faster you that. know what's mind-blowing about that like too? he ran most of that solo in the wind and yeah. he ran like a ridiculous 3k split it's just it just shows you how good he is at doing that type of race. Yeah, which, like, yeah, I would say that's his forte. That's his forte. That's mm -hmm. what he's the best at. I'm not taking anything away from Josh. I think what Josh did was incredible. Grant did incredible. George, incredible. Morgan, incredible. But just, I, yeah. I have to be honest, like, when I think about the two-mile and I think about what Jakob did outdoors uh, and that world record, that was something I've, like, that's scary. Did you guys see? No, I, I. It's not in our notes, but there was another our weekly translation of a Yakov. Yes, Yakov <laughs> <laughs> saying some nice inflammatory things in Norwegian, which then get translated, and we have to question whether he actually means what he said yeah. or not. But I think you can't tell. What was it this week? You need to learn Norwegian. Oh, he said that. He said that. I think he was saying that he doesn't need to run from the front. Like he could. He thinks. He knows it's like a little bit stupid to always try and run from the front and win like that, but he wants to do it because he really wants to challenge himself. Mm. He's yeah, he said he was like he's running against himself, really, not anybody else. Which I think you can only say that if you had like he he won the Olympics, so it's like yes, you won the Olympics, but I think you have to win like a couple of championship races in so a row to be able to say Morgan, that. Morgan, how did he win the Olympics? <laughs> yeah, he didn't run it from the front. No. <laughs> 
He was behind. He was behind Chariot. Yeah, I was in that race, and I remember. But even I would like to see him, like he did it one time. I'm not saying he has to lead, but yeah, because I don't even know if like if he doesn't try to run from the front, if he wins that race. Like I, that, I think I think running from the front is the best way yeah. for him to try and win. I, often, I think Jingi is in denial of how good of a 5k runner he is compared to the 15, because he does like. I think he's defending himself for this event. Where if you look at his 5K, he's two, he's won two world championships. Well, it is funny that he wins the 5K as yeah. like an afterthought. As an almost. afterthought. <laughs> like he is so good at the 5K and he just, but he's always defending his 1500. You can see, see where his love is. Like his love is the 1500, which makes, like for me, it makes sense as a 1500 meter runner, like how amazing that event is and how incredible the athletes are in it. And like winning that event is such a huge thing, but you can tell it bugs him because the 5K for him, he's too, he's, Back-to-back world champ against really, really good runners. But he doesn't even think about it. He doesn't even say anything about it. It's all about the 15, you know, or if I wanted to be a social media influencer, I could have 4 million followers. Um, And then he also said something about he doesn't doesn't run for the money. Like, if you run for the money, you're stupid. Did he say that? He did say that. And the funny thing about that for Jakob is like, mate, we're not all millionaires. We don't all have reality TV shows. Like, having having money helps. (laughs) Yeah, the bro has a lot of money. (laughs) Having money helps. It does help. Isn't that crazy? That you can't lie about that. In it Norway, everyone's tax returns are public. Are you they? Can, you can yeah, just see you how can much find how much Jakob made about a million dollars last year. You can just see what Jingy makes. Yeah. Really? Yeah. But do you think that if you're like um, being going through the old uh, tax evasion stuff, we <laughs> don't you know. You can get away know. with it. It's like secret. Yeah. I would have thought that Jakob would have made. That's what he's doing in Simrads. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's what he's doing in Switzerland. I would have thought that he would have made more than a million. Some of it. Some of it might have been. Something else. It could be somewhere else. Maybe he's got stuff in stocks or stuff. You know, you don't know he's where his money it. is. But I mean, a million dollars is a lot of he's, money. He's earned a million dollars. Like it's. I wouldn't thing. be surprised if he was making more than that, though. Yeah, I I thought he'd be making more. And when he said that, it's like I get it. When you if you're at a certain limit of of income, I think as a professional athlete, when you cannot worry about money and just focus on that, then that's when money doesn't really matter. You go out and race and try and achieve your best. But him saying that, it's not true for everyone. It's yeah. not true. Like there's people out there particularly in mm. countries that are not as f- nice with, with money and the financial aid and stuff like that than others. Like he comes from Norway. There's people that come from Ethiopia and Kenya that run and literally if they win this race, that could feed their family. They could start a farm. Like there's, th- yeah. there's a different perspective there that I think he has forgotten about a little bit and maybe got a bit too developed about maybe Josh Kerr's modeling career and how much money he's making off he's that. Jealous. So he's a bit jealous, I think. But you love the banter. It is very good for the sport, the two of them. Love, this, to this, this back and forth. Love to see Jengi at Muros one day. I, I could see it. I think Ray has tried to invite him every year. I think it's possible. If he, he and I think he just says no because I think Philip went he did one year that I ran the mile the bag. Mm. and he ran shocking. He did. Yeah, a terrible race. And I think after that, they're like, nah. I, I, I don't know if that's related because Philip was kind of just having a couple of rough years. Yeah, he was having a rough <laughs> year. But I could see Jakob going in. and I mean, maybe if Jakob saw Josh do that, maybe he would just wait till next year and then... He runs at Livan me. Yeah, I guess it's which probably is just literally traveling. the same day. It's probably just traveling because he's, he's generally in, he's training in Spain this mm. time of year, so he probably doesn't want to come over. So yeah. it's easier to race in Europe. Couple things: one, you guys shouldn't have told me that you can see everyone in Norway's tax returns because <laughs> definitely looking up Gertz after this. Really <laughs> want to see what what's happened with that guy's life and just everyone that I know from Norway. And then two, you brought up Kerr's modeling career. Have we talked about his Instagram on this show? Uh, I thought we had. Can I we just if it can we just put a question out to all our fans that are listening right now? What do you guys think about what's happening over on Josh so, Kerr's so we know, social media okay, with his Instagram? Let me let me let me dive into Josh Carrot. 
Um, we're, we're trying our new nicknames. We're, we're as trying well. as much as possible with him right now because he's going to be coming up a lot, I think, in the next few weeks. Um, so Josh, oh, we know Josh has a personal chef, which is amazing because he's been focused on his diet and it's obviously working for him. But I, I think he has a social media person too. He doesn't run his Instagram anymore. And the past few posts he has posted, I can't believe I just said that, have been very interesting thirst traps, I believe. One was in a cold tub where he was. he looked like he was modeling for a Hugo Boss commercial. Um, the other one is just like dress fits. Like he was wearing these fits. That nice were like, black, he was wearing like a nice black suit or yeah, something. Yeah, he looked like he was in the John Wick universe. I, I, I don't know. Like, is that his black on black post? Yeah. That was his black on black post. That was like race week post, I think. Yeah, yeah. and then, but then the thing that for me, for Josh and knowing Josh, that I know that it's not him posting it, is <laughs> the hashtags. Because it's hashtag Josh. <laughs> hashtag all this. Hashtag, hashtag Ronnie. Hashtag whatever. Hashtag Brooks. Like, I know Josh doesn't do that shit. Yeah. I know he doesn't do that shit. So somebody's on his Instagram posting this stuff. It's just funny to see because yeah, we do know. Like he's, I love Josh so much. He's he's such a nice guy and yeah. he's very um, down to earth. And then these pictures are just like not down to yeah, earth at all. It's not at so it's all. like clear he's got some publicists who's yeah. like just like looked at like Chris, Cristiano Ronaldo's Instagram. It's like yeah. we got to do more of this. We got to yeah. do more of this. And I, I just would like to hear what the fans think because I I would like I don't know who he's hired to do it. But I'm almost like, bro, you should just hire like some some like meme creator to do it, like some like mm. high schooler or college kid, and just go that route rather than because he's going the professional, mm. very like brand celebrity brand kind of, safe, yeah, like yeah, like which is probably from a business standpoint smart. But very I'm like, smart. bro, just like just yeah. get some more memes on there. That that makes me question who's the who's the best looking 1500 meter runner on the circuit right now. Is post? it Josh Kerr? <laughs> Is it Josh Kerr because of the modeling stuff? Because, I mean, I'd like the fans to know. I mean, what if you guys saw Mario and Yara doing that, you know? Would that, would that uh, excite the Ma- fans? Mario Mario's tries. Been, Mario's been known <laughs> to post That's a thirst point. trap or two. I, I think Mario likes a good thirst trap. And Jakob, Jakob, maybe uh, you could get into Josh's head and do some modeling, modeling stuff. Because I think uh, Jakob's Instagram is much more, like, organic, I would say. Yeah, he, Jakob's Instagram is very... Like, I don't think he... I can't remember. He but does post like brand stuff I don't sometimes. think he posts like super consistently throughout the year. Like he posts more at certain times, but he's, his Instagram is nice. Like it's he doesn't try to do too much with it. No. Maybe some more memes on there also would be good. Uh, but he just like posts like training updates, which yeah. is like it's just tra- actually interesting to see from him. with him. his wife or yeah, anything like that. So. Or if, like if he's like got like a kid coming or yeah, something Yeah, some like weird that. thing like that. Yeah. Some big news apparently. Wholesome. <laughs> what about you, George? Pretty wholesome content. George, yeah. did you get in the modeling, modeling Instagram stuff? Because you don't post much on Instagram. Maybe we should get someone to hire. Maybe Coffee Club intern. If anybody wants to hire for George's work as a publicist. Yeah, work for George's Instagram. We'll just get some photos of maybe George's uh, shaving some sheep or doing something and bare chested with oil I don't know we could put, post that and see if it challenges Josh's if, if we had the notion. means just to recreate all of Josh Kerr's Instagrams would be but the way with, to go with George yeah <laughs> that'd be the way to go oh god now I'm really wanting this idea to go through because then you you get the best of both worlds where you get the modeling shots but it's also a joke mm. best of both worlds best of both worlds like he looks good but it's also funny yeah yeah but uh, no that's, that's, that's be interesting that. to see what the fans think yeah that's just because we talk that's something that like just quietly, just for people listening, like that's something that we might talk yeah, about like, between whisper, us. We'll like we wouldn't, <laughs> we wouldn't publicly talk about it that much, but like we, whenever Josh Kerr posts, we like, were just interested. We were interested. We'll, we'll it, question. It, it uh, definitely grabbed our attention. Yeah. So that's the two mile. <laughs> <laughs> I had, I got one more. I got one more note on the two mile, which is a, I don't know if the right person um, 
is going to be listening to the podcast to, to where this will reach the right ears. But um, feedback from, from people watching, plus also um, seeing the replay back. Me and Cole had a pretty sweet duel down the finish line with the, the big lean by Cole. Um, but NBC is just filming Josh Kerr's back. <laughs> really? Walking away. Yeah, there was a lot of complaints that. about the filming. I didn't get to see that. There was a lot of complaints about the filming. Along with, like, no one gets to see Cole finish. Actually, George I finish, did get to see it. I was like Morgan 15 finish, minutes away. Kate did finish. <laughs> you, similarly, in the mile, which we'll get to, obviously, Yard crosses the line. Big dub. And you maybe get Hobbs and George, and then you get Yarrow shaking hands with the pacemaker, which is not, it's not interesting. You need a split screen there because you want to see both like, those things. Mm. Well, whoever's doing the NBC cam changes, like film film the race. You know what's crazy about they other sports? They skip to some boring shit. You know what's yeah. crazy about other sports, George? They have multiple cameras. That's pretty crazy, yeah. There is definitely multiple cameras, though. But, but why don't they use them? They're, they're, they're just choosing... Uh, one. 100% you see what you're saying forth. but also I can see why they want to show like whoever the winner was because what if they do something crazy what if they do like a backflip <laughs> did Yara yeah, I didn't see Yara do a backflip did you do a backflip I think they cut to a race for a little bit and then Yara did a backflip during that time <laughs> I missed it <laughs> yeah, can you, you imagine it? him of all people doing a backflip but that would be an easy replay true I think you need a split screen yeah split screen does sound more like easier for that sort of stuff I, I think like not everyone is watching Josh that's what that's watching the stream. Yeah. It's true, but a lot of people would want to see like him like smiling and stuff. I don't know. But he's not even. It's just him walking away. Yeah, I want to see him celebrating. I don't know what he was doing. I saw him point over to Kerr's corner, and then I think he started yelling. Did he start yelling? I feel I like he, he often does yelling. that when he when he wins. He does some yells. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what he did. Did some sort of trouble. I see what chant. you're saying though. Like the yeah, fans can the fans can jump in on this. A one. lot of people would have wanted to see you and Cole battling it, and then I know a lot would have also wanted to. Wanted to see me battling against myself. Yeah. <laughs> well, you were seven, battling, seven you were battling against yourself. You're breaking your own two-mile record. Seven you know? seconds later. Oh, yeah. Successful, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to mention that. Um, that's just a No, that's note. a good point, though. You should definitely... So many people... Maybe I'll go see Kara Goucher in Boulder. Yeah. Well, I don't know if she's in charge of that. I'm sure she can sort it out. Is she a coffee club listener? Uh, Maybe Kara Goucher. TBD. TBD. Maybe her kid is. <laughs> I don't know if her kid would be allowed to listen to us. I think we're too vulgar. Yeah, we're R-rated or NA, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, right. maybe in a couple of years. Yeah, oh, that's a really good point, though. Because you probably, like, imagine, like, Kara Goucher's kid coming up and saying, hey, mom, I learned this word from Ollie. It's <laughs> fuck. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I get the death stare every time I, I see them at the track. So I, I feel like maybe we'll wait until they're, like, 13 <laughs> or 14, and then we'll be good. It's I weird. think that is about how old he is. <laughs> Wait, no, really? I think he is because he's Jude's age now. He's Jude's age. Oh, fine. Okay, yeah. So yeah. He's in he, he should school. listen to the podcast then. Yeah, <laughs> Soon, close it's to good, high school. Good to know if you swear words when you're that yet when age. Yeah, it's it's weird when you get to our age and you're in this big limbo between like being in a like eighteen adult and like where none of us are in the place where we're like having kids yet, where you just forget that stuff like age, age restrictions <laughs> exist. <laughs> because it's like I I think. Me right now, I'd be like, yeah, any kid could listen to our podcast and it's fine. I would never think that we're inappropriate for a kid. But then probably once I have a kid, that can you get a Can you get a bleeped out version of the coffee club? No. Is it <laughs> not like a, is it not like a thing that just does that automatically? It we probably do is. an automatic sensor and the sensor's noise is just Gus going. <laughs> yeah, it just bleeps out of the swear words. <laughs> yeah. But it just, what 
So you saying that made me think about this, but then also I already thought all of this story, but yesterday on the flight back from New York, it was so funny because <laughs> I was sitting behind this kid and I, I'm really bad at like guessing the ages of kids, but I'm going to say he was at least 10, maybe 12, maybe 13. 10 to 13. And he was on the plane and sitting next to his mom and they were having a literal physical fight because he wanted to watch Halo and she didn't want him to watch Halo. Yeah. And like when you clicked on Halo on the screen, it had a thing pop up that was like a mature content advisory warning type thing and he would click through it and then his mom would would click x and try to stop him <laughs> he would put his headphones into the thing and she would pull them out <laughs> it was like the funniest thing ever his mom she she sucked. she's not she's she not having she sucked <laughs> she was not a nice lady i didn't, I didn't think from yeah. uh, i mean maybe that's good parenting so if that is maybe she was being responsible i apologize but <laughs> I was, she was like yeah like have it up Fist fight over when you just really wanted to watch the Halo TV show. So that was mm. very funny. Season two out now. It's actually not bad. <laughs> would, would you let your 13 year old watch it? My 13 year old watch Halo? Yeah. yeah. I think, <laughs> I think my, I would rather them watch like that sort of stuff. This is, this is how I feel like if I was going to be a parent. I'd rather like them watch the Halo stuff or listen to the podcast with swearing or like all that stuff than have social media. Yeah, that's fair. What about like sex stuff? Yeah. I'm fine with that. Social media, no. That's smart. I don't know why. I, so I wise. Just feel, so Social like for me, like just I think bad. What, that's, that's great parenting. I think from if I'm having kids, I would like 16 years of age is when they could like have Instagram or Twitter. We'll check back in on that. In uh, yeah, approximately, approximately how many years? <laughs> 17, <laughs> maybe a few more. A few more years until I have a seven. Well, it have to be 16 years when I have a kid. Then you have to check back on it. It's like have they got a social media? App? All right. We'll, I reckon we'll, I, bank, we'll bank that. Content. I do hope that by the time we have children, because right now it's like so chaotic out there i hope that because you know how for example smoking like no one knew it was bad for so long like they were were like the studies or whatever i hope that by the time we have children it's more of a guideline (laughs) (laughs) maybe there is a guideline right now and i'm just not aware of it Mm. but like maybe like there's a like social media will be as bad as cigarettes yeah it's like if you if you expose your kid to social media like below the age of 12 then like their literacy rates are like this mm. much worse like i want to see stats like that i, I want to see some concrete <laughs> evidence i'd much i'd much prefer my kid reading like game of thrones than having social media yeah like it just makes sense because then they, they they're getting they are getting desensitized by some form of media but it's not the media that i'm concerned with yeah no no i'm i'm, I'm with you there we should uh we should discuss that more with kate grace when we get her back on the pod because she's just you know she's got a kid so does your kid have instagram yet kate <laughs> <laughs> does she have social one, media does he have one, uh, one year old does he listen to the coffee club <laughs> yeah zero questions does he like game have. of thrones um we haven't had time for any pop culture moments in the last few weeks but i just want to hopefully in the coming weeks we do but i just want to put it plant a little seed right now i'm so excited for dune 2 coming out march 1st i yeah. believe and the cast is incredible that cast is a diehard cast it's pretty sweet um They're really hard. i mean the first dune like watching it in a real on a really good screen with the sound is like an experience that's for sure so the second one apparently is going to be building it up we got imax around here uh, i need to go to we, imax i think longmont's the best theater for it that's where we go i think okay. if you want to go there but um yeah, if you guys want to see the move with us in Longmont, just let us know. Yeah, slide we'll do a coffee club, coffee club Dune showing. Dune um, one, one was pretty good, but I was like just getting into it and then it ends. Yeah, yeah that's, right, that's the shit with it. It was brutal. Yeah. A lot more will happen. I think it's a, a trilogy, planned trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So things will start getting going in the second one. But I just love, I love everything about it. I love 
like I love the book, but then also this adaptation, just like the visuals and the music behind yeah. it is just like like technology has got to a point where oof. you can actually do it justice. I it's think chilling. So, so. oh, Wheel one. of Time season two, <laughs> Morgan. George and I were talking yesterday about maybe starting it up. I did check the reviews. They are technically more positive. Somehow it gets like 84%. I think think they buy it. I think they buy those. I I agree, but I think we need to just rip the band-aid off and do a coffee club watch. The audience (laughs) score is a lot lower. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, see, that's a a pretty bad But it's still high, but it's still like in the season two. It's in the 60s. But also like, have you ever met someone that like puts in Rotten Tomato reviews? Like who are these people? Aren't they like real critics? The uh, audience, though. they're like audience. oh, the audience. Yeah, ones. like who's have you ever met anyone that like goes around Tomato and like puts in an audience score? No, I've I don't think I so. have not met they, one of those. Like, people. who are these people? You know, how can you trust them? I mean, it is. I think Rotten Tomatoes is decently trustworthy, but also the issue for us is that we've like read the books, and I know that in season two, like I've had some, I've seen some videos where they just apparently they just get really far away from the books in season two so they just like have said fuck it we're just gonna make a story that's gonna be frustrating i hate this with halo as well because you have such a good like amazing blueprint of a story and then you just desert it why everybody wants to see the story Mm -hmm. why are you just like why are you leaving the blueprint please for love of god yeah anyway so is that a pop pop culture culture, that's a pop culture moment (laughs) i've been watching the bachelor oh yeah well, Second but episode. I was getting, I was, it was, uh, it was research for Grant's girls. Yeah. <laughs> That's only. But keep it not, going just in case. No, because I was, no, it wasn't because I was enjoying it. And, but not. I'll, and I'll, and I'll probably keep watching it. Is the no, Bachelor the one with. The thing for Grant's girls though, like we do the show and then right at the end when he has three girls left, we do surprise, his girlfriend's here and then his girlfriend comes in. <laughs> I don't know if that would work. I don't know what I'm thinking. I'm thinking of a surprise guest that comes in that like that's shocks like, the shocks the dynamic. That's like real hardcore reality TV yeah. right there, like the real trashy yeah. stuff. But The Bachelor is hilarious. So it's the most ridiculous. Is show. The Bachelor one with a lot of women or a lot of men? Uh The Bachelor a is of, a lot of women. The Bachelorette's a lot of men. Yeah. Cool. Lisa so mismatch. Cute. A lot of women, a lot of drama. Cute. It's very funny. It. Yeah. Keep it up. Is that like just beginning or where are we at? Uh, early days. Early days. Yeah. This, she's, so still a lot still, of hopes and dreams. He's still dating like 20 chicks, but they just went international. They all love him? Um, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Is he is he cool or is he like, because there was one yeah. bachelor that was like kind of shit. It was the, the pilot guy. I didn't like him. Shows me at least one. Isn't there like 30 seasons? Isn't There's there? so many. Yeah. The one that I watched was with that pilot guy who like kind of just was a dick. But they, <laughs> they kept, they, there were two girls that hated each other on like all the first few episodes and they like they obviously had made him keep them on like clearly he didn't want both or one of them there and so they keep them on and then they made him do a two-on-one date with the two girls that hated each other and him and it was where was was, the date at it was comical on a bloody yacht in malta (laughs) (laughs) they pumped some crazy money into it they already go international like that like it was like week days. three, I think. Wow. Imagine if you if you're a ba- I guess they if you're the bachelor and then you don't find your love and then you come into the real world and then you try to date a girl and she's like, "Well, you took these girls to Malta on a yacht. Yeah, why, am a a Denny's, right? <laughs> why am I at a Denny's? Why am I at a Denny's, Matthew? When I should be in Malta on a fucking yacht? Actually, he played tennis in college. That was kind of a he did. Great, that was a green flag for me. That is, that's a pretty good. Fr- is he good at pickleball? Probably, Probably right. <laughs> has he done a classic? Sure, maybe he would be saving this film. There's a few more, but like a tennis lesson date where he has to like go hold them, and be like, yeah. you gotta hit it like hold this. them behind. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the well, I don't know. 
That's probably enough bachelor content. <laughs> I don't want to admit how much I know about it. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll keep that secret safe with us, George. We'll, we'll update everyone next week. Should we get <laughs> Wanamaker Miles finally? Nah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let me go through this one. Yared won. Uh, let's run or run let's. Gave him a B. B plus maybe, I think. Which it was. we defended. Which I, I was like, okay, you know, it's funny. You're giving a B to a guy who's run the third fastest indoor time ever in the mile. But, you know... It, it is what it is. I think I think Yared is one of those guys that like loves to win races. And what do you think he would have given it? Yared? Mm. Uh, he would have done this. Two thumbs up. <laughs> That's so accurate. I think he did give it two thumbs up yeah. probably when he was celebrating. But um, no, super happy for him. Um, I think Mario struggled a little bit, but it's early days, man. It's freaking February, you know. He's got a lot more racing to do and Mario's a fighter and we've seen how well he can do at the end of the year. Like for, He's been fourth and sixth at two world championships. And you he's know just started running pro, so... Do you know what I would love to take a deep dive into? Or maybe just cello? What? Just some kind of dive into. Is Hobbs Tesla's... Uh, training. 348 off the back of some very fun-sounding training. His training does sound interesting. George, you're the one that's very appealed to this <laughs> type of training. You know what? Uh, Morgan and I were talking today on the run. It could be a good training for Mario. Because I think Mario would suit that kind of training. That this Hobbs is my—I I assume you, you know more about it than I do. But my takeaway is that his training is not that revolutionary, but it seems more different because everyone is going in such a strength-based other direction, other direction yeah. right now. Whereas I'm like, his training—if you're—if you're actual like pure 1500 meter, it's like yeah, that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, true. He did run 739 last year, but maybe he was yeah. Well, Do you want to break down, maybe just explain the basics of like what are characterizing right. his current training? I think it is just current. I don't think it was like, yeah, I, I think it's like winter. I do love so much, sorry, that um, Ronnie lets him like kind of choose yeah. him training when he's like 20 years old. I love seeing I Ronnie. I love Ronnie. <laughs> Ronnie's an amazing coach. He's like my favorite coach so to see good. at Meads. Um, I, all I know is from a very small interview that anyone can go and listen to. Let's run. I don't know who asked him about Let's it. Let's run Sidious Mag or I don't but know. But also from Ben Flanagan, our temporary training partner who is... He's uh, been here for the past Is in Boulder, yeah. training with us for the 10. Teammate of Hobbs Tesla. Uh, the 10. Basically, he hasn't run continuously over seven miles this year. But I don't think that means necessarily he hasn't had a session that gets over seven miles. Yeah, he must, like including warm. Like I'm sure the threshold sessions end up being longer than that. But he doesn't run, no long runs and no runs over seven miles. No like normal runs over seven miles. But he still runs up to 90 miles a week doing that. It's not that different from Jakob, is it? Well, it's not. It's, it's, it's just a long run. Like Jakob doesn't run as long for how much strength he has. He doesn't do like super long runs. No, but mm-hmm. I, I think there is no long run for Tesla, whereas for Jingi, there probably is a yeah, sort, like sort of minutes, some sort of long 90 run. minute long run. Or Nine minutes. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds cool. like he just does a lot of quality. Mm. I heard him like say, he's doing double threshold. I heard him say like between three to five quality days. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Like <laughs> speed development stuff as well. Yeah. A bunch of proper speed development, mm. tons of threshold. Yeah. And no runs over seven miles. So he just does seven, seven doubles, maybe? Yeah, well, he, well, no, he, he said he did six, six doubles. He said he doubles six days a week and then he takes a day yeah. off. So he's training so really, he's running really 12, hard still. Yeah. 12 runs a week, which he's is more than we really, do. He's training very hard. And a full day off. Yeah. I asked Yared what, if he if that training appealed. And he said, well, he gave a, a typical Yared answer. Kind of laughed it off and said, 
if I could stay fit or something doing that. But I well, think Yarrod, definitely keep you fit. I don't think Yarrod would like getting out for a double that often. Yarrod hates he doubling. Saying. He's like me. He hates it. I think, like yeah. I don't, I don't hate doubling, but like when I have a day that I don't have a double, I'm like, wow, this is so nice. <laughs> it's like a free yeah, day. It is a free day. But um, back to like the mile, it seemed pretty, I, I shouldn't say standard because it's not standard having that many guys run the 350, but it's pretty incredible to watch. Um, George Treadmills did quite well off his uh, crazy race in Boston. Um, and Frog. What the fog? What the frog, man? <laughs> oh, fog. What the fog? What the fog is going what on? What the fog is going on, brother? He That's looks fantastic. so good. 349. He, he's also, he was sick, so he could probably run quicker. So that was pretty uh, pretty incredible performance from him. He talked about in these post-race interviews. Member so. of Coffee Club, Track Club. He is. Yeah, no, caught here first. It was just impressive really to see. I mean, he is a very tall, lanky, impressive figure. But to see someone come through, because they were running so fast in the first pack, and he went out in the second pack, which is definitely, uh, I guess, better pace because the front the front guys went out and literally at 152 but it's very impressive to see someone like bridge that gap in the way that he did like he just looked really strong on the third lap i think it was when the other guys slowed down a bit when yeah they ran like a 59 or whatever he like really bridged that gap made a nice move through and then was able to hold it and finish pretty strong and yeah 349 i believe mm. it's very impressive coming off the like qualification from doc sanders like yeah. only getting into the meet by winning Doc Sanders two weeks earlier. Mm-hmm. And then running took full advantage of it, which is awesome to see. So a big shout out to him. I mean, big fan of his. He's just a fun guy. Yeah. Those, uh, big shout out to his team, honestly. There's a, hypothetically, if there were a four by mile coming up yeah. in the next couple of months, yeah. they should get on that. They got a 249, two 351s from their other two milers. That's pretty good average. Pretty good average. Sure, they could find a fourth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they're so, crushing it. So they're doing very well. It was it was another great uh, want to make a mile, and well, we didn't even mention the the women's the women's yeah El uh, Pure won the uh, the women's want to make a mile eleven months after having a kid, American record, pretty impressive. ESP well done, Pure. It done. Freaking ESP. so sick. <laughs> and then um and then Jess. Another Australian record. Another Australian record for Jess. And she was leading it out as well, like looking real strong. Like yeah. those, uh, those two really separated themselves. Yeah, it seems like her training it. in Australia has been working. Three races, three Australian records. Mm. Yeah, it's good, good, good ratio. Oh yeah, did she? What was the first one? Was it a one k? One k. Yeah. So impressive. One k, three k, mile. Is she? Do you guys know if she's doing well? Is that what she's prepping for? Uh, sure. I didn't listen to her interview. No. No. She normally does like I'm sure everything. she'll be there. Like she does all those. I'm 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 sure she would. I mean, she's coaching herself. She said her dad's coaching her. Well, her dad's coaching her. Well, she's she's been coached by um her family, so I'm sure they're pretty like on down on pat with whatever she wants to do. And I'm sure she loves competing and any time to represent your own country. It means a huge opportunity. So yeah. Also, shout out to on nil Maya Ramsden. I think her time of was it twenty four twenty four number two all time maybe for the mile. And mm. afterwards, I when I found out that she had. A, She'd anchored um, the DMR the night before. I was like, what the hell? She'd run. I think she split a 429 like the day before doing the DMR just casually and then Insane. made the trip. Um, That's ridiculous. These college kids. College crazy. Kids. Get away with anything. That's the, actually going back to the Hobbs training. That's my other one counterpoint, which I it's not a counterpoint, just a point. Is that he's 20 years old. So I'm like, this guy can probably do whatever he wants and he'll, and he'll uh, continue to succeed. It's, Three, 348 at 20 years old. Is, it is crazy. You don't, you forget it. I mean. It's uh, ridiculous. 
So, yeah. But I might I have to race it. him in a few weeks. Where at? I guess depending if he makes the team. Oh, oh yeah, in Glasgow. Because that's also happening this week. Yeah, yeah should we do a little Trials. preview of the USA's indoors? Let's yeah, let's go. Let's, let's we spent a lot of time on Milrose just then, so I don't think we'll spend too much time on these other topics. But from our team, we're getting represented by Yared Nagus. Big surprise entry in the 3K. Mm. And Josette also doing the 3K. Mm. Both on Friday. Yeah, so they're going to be getting after it. The top, top two go to Glasgow. Is it? Um, 3K field's very good. Yeah, are those all confirmed entries? Like, are people entering in both and they get to decide? That's what I wasn't sure about. Like, get to decide which team to go in or get to decide which race? Which race? I like, think they just do both. Okay. I mean, like sense. Cole and Cooper. Yeah, because I saw that in the men's 3K, Cole Cooper as well as Abdi. Cole? Wait, Abdi Washington? I, th- I, I saw his name. Cole is won both of them the last two years ago, right? I remember, yep. yeah. He, he won 3K that. and 1500. So I it's obviously possible to do the double. I don't know what the days are. And then I guess that means Cooper could probably do it. Yeah. Wait, but Abdi's in it? That's what I thought I saw. Maybe I'm just making up some fake You'd news. You'd be really right good at it. Right now. So who knows? And indoor 3K. But I thought I saw his name on there. Was Cooper uh, in the mile or the two mile? He was in the mile. He was in the mile. He he had a pretty, I think he was pretty disappointed. Yeah. But not that he, he, he bad, but I mean, he usually, usually he's in the conversation. So I was like, oh shit, what race was he in? Yeah. Yeah. Just so many good guys. There. I mean, it's, yeah, it's crazy. So I feel like I'd love to see the Yarrod Abdi. Uh, yeah, that'd be showdown, interesting. Actually. I do think I would love to see Abdi Yard up Yard. Yeah, <laughs> if, if Yard is on, then it'd be cool race to like Abdi closes closes five k in like fifty three yeah. seconds. He's got like serious wheels. He does, and it's at altitude. Mm. I, I hope he. Is, but I think he's also entered in the ten. Oh, okay, yeah. So I'm not sure what. Maybe I'm making this up. Yeah, but either way, that's gonna be a great race. I'm sure there'll be a lot of good races. Honestly, I don't know like who else is running in them. I just assume it's all good USA people. Yeah. So we'll be watching, but mostly just cheering for our teammates. So best of luck to Josette and Yard as they try to qualify for World Indoors, which is um, not that far away. It's I think really not. Is, is Mario's Spanish champs also this soon or is it? I think it's also on Friday. Wow, that's quick. Mm. It's quick. It's going to be good uh, seeing him race. All um, good races coming up. Unfortunately, someone who will not be in that race is Mo Katia. And Why is that? Katia. <laughs> <laughs> the so the thing with this one, this is huge for us. Like when we see this news drop, it's it's hard to comprehend how like big this is because it's so close to us in so many ways. Like a lot of us on the team have like raced against him. He's like. He's just been crushing it since Joe's best friend. Since 2021, Joe's DMs him like probably three times a day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I was, I will say, so like when this news drops, like just, yeah, privately, like we will talk about this stuff a lot because it's so big for us. But publicly, it's like we can't really say anything until we know what's we see going what on. happens with the appeal yeah. process. Yeah. Because like what, what the fuck do we know what's going on? Like, I mean, there's an appeal process for a reason. So I think we have to wait and see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it is massive news for us. Yeah, well, actually, when I woke up, I thought I was still like asleep when I saw it. I remember in the morning when I checked my phone, I was like, "What the fuck? Like, am I am I awake right now?" Because um, yeah, it's it's any news like that is crazy. There's always shit going. Like, there's always something happening big in the track and field world. Um, never never a dull moment. So we'll we'll see how and it it, and it often goes both ways. Like we've had people in the last couple of years be banned for a little bit, and then and then. And then come back like on a, like something was. 
I actually don't like know it was what, corrected or something. Like shit. the the hurdler woman was banned for a few months and then Toby. Um, but that one's controversial still. Is it? I and, think so. And the ABP steeplechase. Oh Girl. yeah, also controversial. Was Archie? Yeah. <laughs> well, so I guess it's always going to so be so controversial. Kind of what was Archie Wilson's one? That's that was a not meat. recent. That was a what? That was meat. Tainted meat. Oh, it's the tainted meat one. I believe yeah. there's just so many of them. And you just you yeah you just lose track. Yeah, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll refrain from talking about it much more until we see how this appeal goes because yeah. we don't know. We don't know what, what will happen with them. All we, we know, know is he's fighting it. We all we know is the black cat is uh, not going to be at Spanish champs. Yeah. So that's that. Um, I feel like that's pretty much it for today. It was, it was a one of the topics that was written down, which I like. We've kind of already talked about this a little bit, but just in closing, this week of Milrose is it was again like a bit of a mixed bag for the team in terms of performances, which. Um, I think there's a couple of, like, we, we already did cover this type of stuff pretty well in terms of how, like, our training has maybe been a little more conservative, uh, like crushing just a little less sessions on the track earlier on compared to previous years. But also, in my mind, it's just, like, an inevitable thing that, like, when the team, when it, and we were, we've also said this before, when, but when a team performs as well as this team has performed in the last couple of years in particular at Milrose, it's just, like, unrealistic to the bar gets set so high that it's unrealistic that you're going to perform like that every single time so mm. i think it's pretty simple no it's good still a lot of yeah, amazing well. performances though yeah i don't think there's anything too too concerning no i think everything's overall trending pretty well yeah i think you guys are doing great so that's the official statement on that yep if anyone was curious about that well with that i think that's it from us for episode 124 Thank you very much, everyone, for listening to this one, and we look forward to catching you guys again next week. See ya.